This is Paul Lam, and you're listening to the Path of Just Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you unleash the beast from within so you can fearlessly pursue your own path and passion. Join me on this weekly journey filled with inspiring stories and actionable contents. Become a Path Hunter today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Path Hunters Podcast. Hope you guys are all doing great today. Uh, this interview, I just had to invite my friend Luke, uh, you know, Benjamin Thomas, just to come on to the podcast. You know, it's been a while and he's been on the podcast before and, and just wanted to bring him on and just to see what's going on with his life. He's a traveler, uh, digital nomad, and, and just overall an amazing dude. I've built a great relationship with him. And like I said, it was just one of these ideas where I just thought, you know, just to have him on to the podcast and kind of bring him on and chat about just life in general uh why traveling is such an important thing to for everybody to have and so many different reasons of like why why like i said just exploring the world or doing something that you really love it's, it's super important and it was very organic it was very kind of like last minute and I, I thought i'd just bring them on just to have that kind of conversation um I hope you guys enjoyed this episode though because it was just really fun overall. We're just talking about like just really fun stuff about drinking, uh, connecting with people, um, you know, his experience during travels and such like that. And, uh, and you know, it's just amazing time. So here's my friend Luke. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Path Hunters, it's Paul. I am in the house here. Hope you guys are doing great today. Super exaggerated. What's going on? Um, I have an awesome guest here, a dear friend of mine for the podcast, and I thought it'd be wonderful just to bring him on here today, just to talk about life, about what's going on. I love, you know, I thought it'd be fun just to catch up as well too. Have Luke Benjamin Thomas. Did you add Benjamin in there just so you can differentiate yourself, or is just Luke Thomas, or like how does that work? No. So actually, the reason why I actually threw the Benjamin in, in is because there is no other Luke Benjamin Thomas online at all. Okay. So I sense. thought when people wanted to search for me, it'd just be, you know, they couldn't get me confused with somebody else. Yeah. Okay. Even though it's pretty hard when you know, once you've seen me, it's pretty hard to confuse me with anybody else, but still. <laughs> I know. Uh, Beard of the Gods. It looks like an awesome, like, you know, rocket. You would rock a Thor outfit like there'd be no tomorrow or like an Aquaman Justice League outfit. I think with the uh, the tattoos that I have, I think I'll probably be able to pull off Aquaman better. <laughs> I, Although tomorrow I am going to get like a little bit of the sides of my hair like shaved off tomorrow, so I'm gonna be rocking off the Viking look instead. What? Can you take a picture yeah, later? Show me. Like, of course, of course. Yes, that'll be like the new like Instagram photo to like add on to like this new little clip. So at least to this podcast episode, so like I'll be the first to give exclusive like <laughs> photo to that. I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> done. Consider it done. Sick. Oh yeah. But dude, my man. Um, you know it's been a while. You know, um, I, we were just talking a little bit off like record how like, you know, you were like one of my first guests that actually was on the podcast. I think I interviewed you when I was still in Thailand for the podcast episode 71 i just looked it up oh you just looked it up okay yeah sick at least you did the yeah work. man I, I, rem- I remember like i've known you for so long that you like you hadn't even gone out to thailand yet like it was thailand was just an idea yeah and you came on my podcast i think it was your second week out in thailand yeah and I was just talking to you about sort of like your first impressions of being because I've I'd been to Thailand already, but I haven't been to Chiang Mai. That's still on my list of places to go, which you and I have been talking about going out there together for ages. Too long, but we just either haven't got off our butts to do it or life got in the way. I know. The latter. Um but yeah, you were out there for like two weeks when you came out of mine. I know. And so like it's 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 weird now because like I said, like we've always been having like we've always stayed connected, but like it's always good to have like a raw conversation for the podcast anyways. And I thought I'd bring you on. Um guess I guess like what we can do is like give like the audience a refresher because like you're no longer you know, a digital mad dude. You're like, you know, you're totally doing the whole different thing. I'm gonna let you steer the ship for that and then we're gonna talk about like more things uh and let this kind of conversation kind of flow, really down with me do you want me to talk about myself a little bit more because that's something i i rarely do <laughs> shut up <laughs> all right yeah just talk about yourself take take the wheel let, let, let the path hunters know who you are <laughs> cool so the last time i was on the show um i was rocking the site that marketing dude which is still up at the moment but uh it is hopefully by the time this episode is out is 
no longer around and I will be rocking digital nomad dude, uh, dot com. Um, I've online, I, I do a lot of sort of like community management stuff. Um, do a little bit of, um, so like business coaching and also like some launch coaching as well for people who want to do, uh, like launch their own, um, membership site or anything really, um, online. Even I don't really advertise doing that because I don't know it, it feels a little cheesy to me doing it, even though that's the direction I plan on going down in the future. Um, but right now it feels a little bit cheesy to do that. So it's all done by like word of mouth. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, little brand change since the last time I've been on the show. Um, but yeah, still loving the traveling. Uh, I've got some new travel plans for the rest of the year. It's my 30th birthday next month. I'm going to be in Tennessee because just in case anybody listening can't tell, I'm actually from England. Um, a lot of people seem to think I'm from Australia, which I'm not. Um, but yeah, I don't I really like, know what else like to say. I feel like you almost got offended for that. Like, you know, like, it, you know, like, do you get offended when people call you an Australian? <laughs> I don't get offended. I find it funny. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, well, because I, I can hear it a little bit because I did. Well, the reason why I don't get offended by it is because I did live in Australia for a year. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I still notice I do say the odd word with an Australian accent. And then I do the little thing where like they go, like the, the pitch of their voice goes up towards the end. So, yeah. Everything sounds like a question. <laughs> yeah, a bit like that. Um, so yeah, I don't get offended. I just think it's, it's it's funny that the only people recently on my travels, um, mainly when I was in Canada for two years, which we actually met up in person, which is pretty cool. Um, it was mainly there. Everybody thought I was Australian. The only people who didn't think I was Australian were the Australians that I met. Everybody else, Australian. I, I personally, you know, I personally you know feel like for you like you give off like the chill like australian vibe anyways because like you know you got the rocking long hair you know you know like, most englishmen don't look like you let's be honest like you know what i mean like <laughs> i met a few and they don't look like you they're like rocking the suit like james bond kind of look you know what i'm saying it's like hey i hey i can pull that off as well i just <laughs> yeah just too chilled out for most you're just, people you're chill you're so chill i'm not saying it's a bad thing like it's it's just it's a wonderful thing it's a vibe thing right so it's one mm -hmm. I, I get it i get it though but but dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it's been a while. Like I said, I thought this would be a great opportunity to kind of jump on and talk about like what's going on with life now, what's um, you know, traveling or whatever it is, wherever this conversation takes us. Um, really because, you know, like it's been a while since like, you know, I've, I've been actually doing a lot of rebranding myself, like, you know, getting to like Amazon FBA, focusing on mm -hmm. that. Um, you know, I've been talking a lot about that in my podcast and talking a lot about like, you know, possibly a lot of men's work I want to work into. Um, mm -hmm. I guess like where I want to start this is that, you know, where do you kind of find the direction, I guess, like the goals of like where, where to take the next step really? Because like where, what, what, what prompted this whole entire branding? You know, what, what maybe did you get tired of it or like what, what happened? Um, the problem I have is that I don't really plan too much ahead of mm -hmm. time. Um, I, you know, you get people that say, oh yeah, like in five years time, I want to be like this in 10 years time. I want my life to be like that. That's not me. I prefer to kind of live like in the moment, live each day by day. Like when I've, it's, it's the same when I travel as well. Like I don't like planning too many things. Like when I first went to Australia, I had two nights worth of accommodation booked and that was it. I figured out <laughs> everything. I want a one way ticket as well. I didn't have a return ticket. I don't know how they let me in the country without a return ticket but they did um and literally just like figured it out when i was there and that's kind of like what i like to do with um the business now the reason why i've gone down oh, just throwing my hairbrush around um the reason why i'm going down um this rebranding route is because i really really truly believe that traveling is something that everybody should do yes i agree the the whole cliche, oh, I really want to find myself. I want to go to Bali and, you know, <laughs> find the real me, yeah. you know. That sounds really good, as, actually. That sounded like as, some of them. <laughs> as, as cheesy as it sounds, it is so true. Yeah. Um, because when I, before I started traveling, I was probably the the most shy person you would have ever met. I got, like, anxiety, like, the whole butterflies in the stomach. Yeah. Just going to the pub, you know. Yeah. You really, I was just one of those people um when i was young I and mean, when i was 24 i a few different things happened in my life that i decided right stuff this getting out of it booked the one way ticket to australia all of my friends every single one of them thought i was going to flake out and not go because that was what i did 
Um, but I didn't, stuck with it, and went. Um, and it was definitely the best um, thing I could have done. So the reason why I've gone with this rebrand towards the digital nomad um, realm rather than just general marketing is one, just to niche down a little bit just so it's easier to stand out um, from the noise. And plus, I really want to encourage people to travel um, whilst they're either whilst they're either building up their business or once they've got their business established. Because this is one of the beautiful things um, of owning and creating an online business is it does give you that location freedom. So tying both of my passions, working for yourself online and traveling into one business, one makes it a little bit more easier to, like I said, you know, target those kinds of people. Yeah. And plus I find it a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah. And like I said, like you've been on my podcast before um, and one of the things I really like to do in there is to, you know, get at least one travel story out of every single uh, air quoting guests here. Yeah. There's more like co-hosts. Um, I think you're actually, I think the episode when you came on was the closest I had to a proper air quote again interview yes. <laughs> because it wasn't really a co-hosted show. Um, but still like the travel stories is what I find the most interesting part of like meeting new people especially travelers True. um and i've literally spent hours sitting in a bar before with a group of people around me talking about travel stories dude it, it's crazy though because like some people still think of that kind of life as like majestic or mystical or like you can't obtain it kind of as if like you know people's mindsets on this is similar to like almost like being a millionaire nowadays it's quite interesting how like i find it whenever i tell people that i'm building an online business I really want to be location independent. They're like, oh, what's that? Oh, I wish they, they always, you probably get this a lot too. They'd be like, oh my God, I wish I can do that. I wish I can do that too and stuff. And it's always like that kind of response whenever you're talking to people because like, mm. I feel like it's still a wonderful uh, opportunity because leveraging the internet to go and take off and traveling the world and building a business for yourself is still, um, I think it's a must in everybody's lives nowadays because at least trying it and exploring the world and having amazing travel stories, like you say, it's, it's, it's important. That's how we met, right? It's, it's how yeah. we met in Toronto. We hung out, we were talking, we we're shooting the shit and we just kind of went to like, you know, the, where did we, where did we go in Toronto uh, to go eat? Well, I think, I think the first time we met in person was at a, um, yeah, it was a little like meetup in some co-working space. I can't remember the guy that was talking, but it was about... Jason Gaynard. Yeah, that's the one. Awesome. Um, yeah, and then the second one, you didn't go to the one that the second one I went to, but it was by our mutual friend, Jay Wong. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the first time that we met. And then we went to a bar afterwards. I cannot remember what it was called. And then we, you know, we chatted a little bit there. And yeah. then we met up again... Um, a few weeks later because it was just before you went that was just before you went to yeah. thailand yeah um and then when you came back i came and visited you in london ontario terrible town <laughs> um it was so anyway. bad <laughs> but anyway yeah we, we met up again there and i think we met up again one more time yes, in toronto i remember going that. to jackass we yeah. went to jackass in Dundas square yes that's it um, but yeah i remember what i was saying before and now but yeah, that was where we met. Oh, that was it. Um, yeah, so the whole bit about like the, the travel is I think most people don't really understand the difference between a vacation yeah. and traveling. You know, both of them are perfectly fine if, you know, if you just want to, you know, go on a vacation once or twice a year or you want to go abroad for like six months of the year. Yeah. One of the things that I like to tell people is like there is a difference between being location independent or location free or whatever you want to call it yeah. and being a digital nomad. Yes. The way I define the two is being location independent means you have that freedom that you can pick up your life and go somewhere, whether that's for a week, uh, you know, you start to go for Bali for a week, you know, you can take your business, your life with you if you wanted to, yeah. you've got, but you've got that home base still that you can go back to being a digital nomad you don't have that home base. Your home base is wherever you are in the moment. So you just either move from place to place every week, two weeks, six months, wherever long you decide to spend in a place. But you don't have that home base that you can go back to later on if that makes sense no it does it does like and it's funny because like i'm starting to def redefine that as well too i didn't um the way you put it it's such a wonderful way to think about it because a lot of like digital nomads that i've met in thailand and different sp spots around the world have actually kind of pulled back and and really understood of like 
they really want to set up home base for a little while, kind of mm-hmm. travel in uh, here and there and have like at least a home base, a place to come back to. Because at the end of the day, um, there were there was an interesting article about like the the negative side of like digital nomadism because like it's yeah loneliness. I read that. have you read that okay yeah so so yeah so like it just talks a lot about that it, it'll be great at first because like basically as if uh, you've escaped um almost like modern day prison I always like to call it and and then also it's it's brand new too yeah I mean a lot of the people that fall into the trap that you're just about to um describe it's because everything's so new to them yes they've never they've never like gone traveling never did the whole like gap year thing. Um, when they were like in college or anything like that, and this is their first taste of it, yeah. and then they fall into the the trap that you're just about to, yeah. Describe. And, and that's the trap. That's the, that's what it is. Like, it, there's so many things. Like, you know, you you get excited, you want to travel, you want to keep going, you get tired though, you get lonely because like people like you know, uh, when I was in Thailand. I, we're, I made like great friends with great people and the next you know they're oh we're going to Barcelona the other I'm going to like Lisbon I'm going to like Port- all these different places I'm like oh okay I'm just gonna say goodbye and nice, mm-hmm. nice chatting with you peace out I'll see you hopefully somewhere around the world but there's also um I, I, I lean, I'm leaning more towards like location independent now because like having the freedom and having the base is super key and important um this almost ties into what I want to talk to you a little bit more about and diving in more in depth is that me and you, we're heavily triggered by like the environment, mm-hmm. and Toronto sucks ass for that. For like the weather, it gets too cold, kind of deal. I remember you moving back home, and that was like crappy for a little while. Have what are your ideas and everything like that for being uh, for just kind of switching it back up and kind of be having that motivation to go and continue kind of building that independent lifestyle and then we can dive more into like location independence and then travel stories afterwards but that's what i want to get your opinions on Mm -hmm. well for for me i've a lot of people like you they have this sort of like big fear in life you know where you know something when they look back on their life and they're oh like i wish i did this or you know i really don't want this to happen to me for me the 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 big fear of life is being boring I do not want to be that person that's like lying on my death and say, oh, I wish I did this. I wish I did that and all that type of stuff. So again, this, this also falls into the reason why I don't like planning a lot is because I, I want to be that annoying person in the bar that's constantly telling stories to people. Yeah. You know, I find that person interesting. Yeah. I know a lot of people find that person annoying, but I want to be that person. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like my motivation to, um, you know, to travel but then like you said as well like both you and i we find we get a lot of energy when it comes to you know doing things and then also to like building our businesses and stuff like that by our environment so changing our environment every now and then like traveling um really helps us improve our businesses but then also improve our lives in whatever capacity uh, we want as well Mm. i love that what are your thoughts if someone were to like really interested? Because like I said, I have a lot of conversation with people here in like you know my hometown, London, Ontario, and Toronto, and all these sorts and places. And 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 again, like people are very shocked at the idea of like you know building an online business. They almost think it's almost like a a unicorn kind of deal, right? Um, to go well, the problem the problem is is that it it had such a bad reputation for a long time with the whole get um, get rich quick scams. You know, they were all based online. So it's kind of like that stigma is still around for the people that don't really know too much about the whole online space. Yeah, and it's so true. And like, I want to get your thoughts on like, where do you think if like if someone's listening to this right now, they want to get started? Um, what kind of resources or directions or where would you point them to or what kind of ideas or anything that you want to give? Well, it definitely it definitely depends on sort of like the the. Sp- your current situation because if you're someone that already has an established online business mm-hmm. it's going to be completely different compared to somebody's just getting started yeah, um so i think no matter sort of like which one that you're which camp that you're in i think uh, a resource called nomadlist.com yes. the, the the site that you know ranks all these cities um that's definitely a good place to start to give you some um ideas of places that you can like travel to and where you're most likely to find um a group of if the whole online business thing is something you want to dive into which if you listen to this podcast i'm sure it is um then that's the resource that 
you could definitely use no matter what stage that you're in. If you're someone that's in the early stages and you know, you're making a couple hundred bucks maybe a month um, or not even, but you've got like some savings whilst you build the business, going to someone like Chiang Mai, which you've been to, awesome. um, is a, it's a great place to go to because not only is Chiang Mai like the number one spot for digital nomads, meaning there's a great community of people all doing the whole online business thing, um, plus there's a lot of people there and the whole infrastructure stuff. It's also a, re- a very cheap place to live too. So if you manage to save up, say, $3,000, you can go out to Chiang Mai for you know four months. Yes. Whilst you, then you can soak solely focus full time in comparison to you know doing a nine to five at home and you know spending a few hours in the evening on your business. You can spend a good 10, 12 hours a day if you wanted to working on your business for four months. So you know so the progress of your online business will, you know, um, will be a lot faster than would be if you stuck at home doing it. True. Um, but then if, if you're someone that has already established, have an established online business um, or the whole idea of, you know, being surrounded by other digital nomads isn't your, um, in, I'm going to use an English phrase here, cup of tea, then there's, you know, you can just go explore. And the only thing you really need to check into is what's the internet connection like? Yeah. Because depending on your whatever your business is, if you're someone that does say, for example, Facebook Lives, then if you go to somewhere that has shoddy internet, then you're going to struggle running that part of your business in that country. That's so true. And and that's that's so I, – I love how you explained it that because like there is many, many resources out there like Nomad List. Recently, I saw they have like a job listing. So you can actually go and apply mm-hmm. for jobs and stuff like that. You can actually work remotely. Um, there's also Remote Year. Um, if you want to get inspired, you want to dab a little bit. But then you've also got um, Facebook groups too. You know, you can just search for, say, nomads and then the town name. So, for example, Chiang Mai Digital Nomads. You'll probably find like 10, 12 different groups just on that city alone. And using a website like Nomad List, finding those popular nomad places, you can then, you know, go look for the Facebook group related to that city. And you can make friends before you even get to that country. That's true. And the, and yeah, and, and I agree. And like that, that's, I, I think that's a wonderful first step to go and take forward because like I said, like it doesn't have to be permanent. Um, let's just say like you're a new student just getting out. You know, if you have a couple thousand saved up, you go to like Thailand, go to Chiang Mai, Thailand. <laughs> it's easy to integrate there. The culture itself, it's like wonderful. Um, I personally feel like you don't even need to know Thai per se. You can actually get away with English. You can walk around and stuff like that. They're generally relatively nice. Um you know, like I said, like it's a wonderful place to where you can actually get your feet wet and meet other people like it. That's why it's such a popular place because it has all these elements involved and which I totally love um, and getting me all hyped and everything about that because like, again, like just for me, it was such a wonderful experience and made me realize that this is basically what I want to be and want the life that I want to mm-hmm. have. Um, so, yeah. So like, yeah, roughly it does cost about like, you know, three, three thousand dollars or so to for four months because it's that cheap out there. It was awesome. Yeah, but then the other thing you can do as well, which is the route that I went down, I because when I first started traveling, I yeah, I had an online business in place, but I honestly didn't know anything about the whole digital nomad thing and traveling whilst running a new business. So I just went on a general like backpackers holiday. You know, I had the working holiday visa for um, Australia, and the whole plan was just to backpack around Australia and you know work in places as I needed to. Um, whenever, you know, if I was in a, a city that was too expensive that my online business at the time couldn't support, then get a, a part-time job or whatever job I needed to get to, you know, sustain my life there. Um, and that's something that you can also do if, if you were, if you're the type of person that was like me when I first started, who was like either super introverted or found it r- tough to talk to people, mm-hmm. especially strangers, um, then just surrounding yourself by other travelers is a good place to you know break out of that shell because the thing that i found is whether you're in a digital nomad hotspot like chiang mai or you're just backpacking through australia um people in both of those communities are super open to talking to new people yeah that's one of the things they enjoy most about traveling is the people they get to meet so if you are like for example in england anyway Talking to random people at a bar is a very weird thing to do. It is. Doing that in a place that's full of travelers is not weird at all. No. So 
like I said, when I went to Australia, I had the first two nights of accommodation booked. And in um, that was in Cairns, Australia. And in those two night, two days, I made friends with people from like five different countries. And we'd go out drinking every night. We'd play games in the hostel, um, which is a place where I've learned a really good drinking game that got me messed up. But that's a story for later. Um, but then I also met two people who then went traveling down the East Coast with for three weeks. Yeah. Another English guy and a Dutch girl. So, and like I said, I was like super shy that it was pretty easy to talk to these people, especially since I traveled alone. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely would never have been something that I would have done beforehand. Yeah. Man. So e- either either going to a digital number hotspot or just going backpacking and getting that taste of travel. It's definitely going to either make you realize that, okay, this isn't the thing I want to do. I just want to build my online business and live in wherever it is that you live. Or yes, traveling is something that I want to do more of. Now I've got a taste of it. I have that passion now to, you know, build this business that allows me to continue doing it or, you know, forget about the whole online business thing and just (laughs) get work and holiday visas and travel around with a backpack on your back. It's insane what you can do in today's world, man. It's it, it's I I'm still kind of shocked and 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 really amazed because, like I said, it's still just the very beginning, man. Like it's just, you know, I I I think about like I think a lot about this and like what is going to be the next thing, what's going to happen, what's going to um this thing is definitely not going to go away. Like I agree with you Got where. In terms, everybody needs to freaking travel. It makes you more empathetic. It makes you more of a great human being because, like, you know, you understand the world or you understand how small you freaking are, number mm-hmm. one. All right. And, and, and how it, it really just really bronzes your perspective, in my opinion. Like, for me, it really humbled me a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Understanding being in Thailand, being in like Vietnam, like third world countries, it really humbled you. Um, when I came back, I was like, man, these people don't even know how amazing and how good they got it that's Mm -hmm. that's that's the that's the crazy part that i think about very often um let's talk about travel stories man like what is the one craziest travel story that you've had um recently i want to talk about like recent like um i guess like within the past oh let's just say three years or so because i know i know like in our last episode Mm. we were talking about like your scuba diving and like your skydiving Mm -hmm. so like we're we're gonna have something recent now (laughs) okay um (laughs) actually this is this is a uh interesting story about meeting new people actually so this was when i was in canada uh this is probably about two years ago now about two years ago yeah um, yeah, I think it might have been just before we met, actually. Actually, it might have been around about the same time because we met online first. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is I, it's just before I went to the Calgary Stampede. Um, I had two friends uh, from here in England uh, fly over, and I was in a little town called Invermere in yeah. British Columbia. It's not, not many people know where that is, but it's about, it uh, about an hour and a half south of Banff and about two okay. hours west of Calgary, okay. just across the BC border. Um, so I was, I was there and, uh, yeah, two friends fly over. They come and stayed in the house that I was in and we decided that we we're going to go to the stampede. Now the, I think about two days before we left to go to the stampede, um, two of my housemates decided, Hey, we're going to go to this place called white, dove cannon i think that's what it's called but it basically is it's a like a natural hot spring um that's like 20 kilometers down this dirt road at a base of a mountain it's crazy so we ended up going there me my two housemates uh and my two friends and uh we had rented a car so we followed behind them in their um range rover and we went to this place it wasn't too packed but there was three different hot springs um and the closer you got to the river um the colder that they got so you had one that was like ridiculously hot you had one that was hot but not too hot that you could like sit in there comfortably which was definitely the most busiest one um then you had one that was pretty cold and then you i've got pictures of us jumping into the river and it was ridiculously cold <laughs> so the five of us were all sat around in this hot spring and uh we we're just chatting amongst ourselves. I think there's probably about like 12 other people in there. Um, and we had like a cooler bag with beer and cider in. We all wanted a drink. So I climbed out 
and climb back up to the rocks uh, to the top of the path um, to grab the cooler bag and you know throw some drinks down. And there was a group of five girls, uh, no, six girls in there in there as well. And they asked, "Oh, can you chuck our bag down?" I said, "Yeah, fine." Chucked it down. Anyway, we started like chatting with them and messing around, laughing, joking. Anyway, they invited us back to um, their house, and we said, "Oh, we're going to go to this bar around the corner." We went to go to the bar. The bar had shut down or not shut down. It had closed for the night because it was pretty late at this point. Um, and they said, oh, you know what? Let's just go out on my boat. And this is like one in the morning now. Let's oh um, go on our boat on, on, I think it's called Lake Windermere. And so my two housemates had, went, had gone home uh, at this point. So it was just me. Uh, I think one of the other girls went home as well. So there's five, these five girls and me and my two friends. And yeah, we all went out on this boat in the middle of the night. Um, there was like skinny dipping, a lot of drinking, um, trying not to make too much noise because I don't know if you were supposed to be out on the boats that late at night, especially in like the pitch black. Um, and then, yeah, we went back. We ended up crashing at their place. Um, and then loads of stupid videos of still more drinking, bonfires in the back garden. Um, and then the next day, we left there about 10 in the morning, quickly drove back to my place to pick up our clothes because that was the day we had to leave to go to the Stampede. And then two days at the Stampede, absolutely amazing. I'd already been to um, Calgary beforehand, yeah, um, but they hadn't. So we stayed in this hostel, um, which was directly opposite the, I can't remember the name of the dome that it's um, held at, um, but we we're directly opposite that. We ended up playing drinking games with this group of Australians um there and i know but there's still a running joke between me and, and one of the friends about that night um with their there's this there's this australian girl and this australian guy were trying to play um uh cards against humanity yeah yeah and this one girl she was so drunk she kept on getting distracted by other people so this australian guy kept on going oi kate it's your fucking turn and <laughs> he just kept on saying this phrase over and over again it just made us laugh and then, uh, yeah, we ended up going to this stampede that night, absolutely drunk out of our faces. We ended up on the way there. There was a busker um, literally just outside of the stadium. And we ended up paying him $5 to play his guitar. And so we got a video of us drunk in the street playing um, Oasis Wonderwall. Sweet. So it was, a, it was a great, like, trip for my friends that came over. Yeah. Um, that night before was definitely, like, the best night um, of them coming over and then topping that off for two days at the Stampede afterwards. Yeah, it was an amazing experience. Dude, that's a very Canadian, um, Canadian kind of like summer feel kind of kind of like experience. You know, it's. It, I feel like I feel like a lot of people have these kind of stories, except me, because like I'm one of those guys that just kind of hide <laughs> out. Or I don't know. What, I don't know why I don't have these kind of stories, man. But um, I feel like I should make up for lost times or something. But dude, that's awesome, man. I'm glad. Like you know, like a lot of people really love. Maybe because, like, you know, I've been born and raised here, but, like, a lot of people love coming into, like, Canada for, like, these kind of specific reasons where it's just, like, mm -hmm. the parties, the, the adventures, the hikes and everything like that, even, like, the jumping into, like, you know, uh, the waters and everything like that. It's, also, it's such a great experience, right? So so I love that. I appreciate you for sharing that, man. Like, it just Yeah, one, 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 one of the big things that we wanted to do when they came over is that we really wanted to go to Niagara Falls, um, but for financial reasons, um, we couldn't fly out there. Um yeah. To, to go and do that so we ended up because they already they saved some of the money and by the time they'd saved the money up for the flights the flight price had jumped by like double yeah so it's like oh yeah there's no way we're doing this now so we ended up using that money um to go skydiving again so they <laughs> like they had never been skydiving well one of them had never been skydiving before and then so we went to a town called golden it's about an hour north of Invermere. okay and uh yeah we ended up going skydiving in the mountains so sick another great experience man for them as well and then also i've got a hilarious video in which i might send you if you wanted to upload it onto like the show notes for this but okay. it's of my friend trying uh, a caesar for the first time oh really and like... it is hilarious <laughs> watching him Wait, you like, he, he's like physically there? like shaking no we, we don't have clam juice and tomato juice clamato whatever that stuff's <laughs> called that is not a thing in england <laughs> Are you the serious? Thing we have, yeah, we have like Bloody Marys, which is like vodka and like tomato kind of juice. Kind of, not, like, not, not, not really that. Sauce and all that stuff in there. But it's the whole clam juice part of it that <laughs> sort of just like turns your stomach. 
<laughs> that's hilarious i didn't know you guys don't have that because like it's one of those drinks where like you don't realize it, and actually you get a little buzz out of it and, and you just oh god get- no 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 well i've got another story for you because so the first time that i tried one was when i was in calgary for the first time so i was um i started off in vancouver and i met a group of people in the ho- in the hostel there and so we ended up like traveling together stopping off in several places on the way to calgary and when we got to calgary we ended up going to the sports bar um i can't remember where exactly but it was some sports bar in in, in calgary and we wanted to go there to watch a hockey game now i'd never seen an ice hockey game before in my life until that night um but every place that we went to was ridiculously busy so we ended up found finding a place that was they just had enough room because there was like nine of us um that was trying to find a sports bar to go to uh, we found one that had just enough room for us to you know at least hang out at the bar so i was at one end of the bar watching the game not really knowing what the heck was going on and i was sat next to this couple and started talking to them and you know told her, oh, this is my first night in Calgary, blah, blah, blah. And I saw the drink that they were drinking. And I saw like the celery stick hanging out of it. And I was like, what the heck is that? Why would you have celery in, in an alcoholic yeah, yeah. drink? So yeah, they started yeah. telling me all about it, blah, blah, blah. So they ended up buying me one. And oh, it is the most vile drink I've <laughs> ever had in my life. I absolutely detested it. But the Englishman in me didn't want to be rude. So I, I finished it. But that first mouthful that I had, I was like, this is vile. (laughs) And watching this couple laughing their tits off at me because they were drinking it like it was water. Yeah, yeah. I was like, really, this is the drink that you've got right now? I was like, yeah. So they ended up getting the the bartender to make them a new drink, a new (laughs) one. I got to watch her make it. The guy asked for extra Tabasco sauce in it and then turned up the seasoned salt around the top. Yeah. You know, you just started drinking it like it was nothing. <laughs> that was the first time I realized that most Canadians are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be the craziest drink that you've like, you know, like that was that's not the weirdest drink. No, no, it's, no, it's, no, no. It's 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 the foulest drink that I've had. <laughs> the weirdest drink that I had was um when I was into scuba diving uh-huh. in Australia. That's funny. We created our own drink called a miski. Oh man. And it's very similar to like a white Russian. Um, except for it was Canadian club whiskey with milk. Oh, and we literally, we had, we had nothing, we had no mixers in, in the house at the time. So oh, that gross. throw milk in there. And then we threw a little bit of powdered cinnamon on top. Uh-huh. So a little bit of powdered cinnamon, milk, and well, the Canadian club whiskey probably works with any whiskey. Um, and then, yeah, <laughs> we were drinking that all night. It tasted like Christmas. If oh. Christmas had a taste, was that. <laughs> That's funny. I love that. I, I just didn't know that was a thing. That's hilarious. I didn't know that was a, like not a thing for for you guys. And like it's always such a big thing for us. Like it's a, like a women's drink over here. Like women always orders like Caesars and stuff like that. And well, I was told it's, it's supposed to be like a like a hangover cure. It's the thing that you drink the next morning after a big night out. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that or like or like it's that's like the, the starter. That, that, that's what they told me at least. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's, it's that or like or like the starter drinks where where. Where you know what I'm going to ease my way into the harder shots in a second kind of deal. Yeah, that's not how things work in England. We just start with the hard stuff, and then you know you, the the shots are the the pre drinks. It's us trying to keep it classy. Like that, honestly, like if we ever go to like a, an open patio bar or something, whatever it is, um, most you'll you'll notice that most people will actually start with that or like a little like a most women will start with like white freezies or whatever. Do you know what that is? I have no idea. It tastes like a white freezy, like but it's an alcoholic drink. I don't even know what it's made of. Uh, sourpuss and something else. I don't remember. But actually, I have no. Idea. Do you know what white freezies are? Nope. Do you, do you don't know what freezies are? You don't have them in the summertime, where like you kind of like a little like a long little ice cream, like a little popsicle kind of. Like, you know? No. No, not really. We're, to- we're talking. We're talking about an alcoholic drinker. Yeah, we we are. And yeah, I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about. I know it's all like the ice poles that you can get that you can like. Oh, dude, we got to flavored ice essentially. Okay, we come back. I don't know an alcoholic drink. We're gonna give you one of those. It's not the greatest drink. It's full of sugar. It's like it's like it tastes like a white. It's like it tastes like a candy. Like it's candy. It tastes like candy. But you see, we drink a lot of it. There's a so there was a bar here in uh, in England. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but it was like this like Chinese themed bar. Uh, at least by like the name of it, it was. And uh, we've got a sweet uh, or a candy uh, here in England called Refreshers. 
I don't know if like you guys know what they are, but essentially it's like a um, it's like a a sherbet that's kind of been pressed together, so okay, it's like cool. a hard a hard piece of candy. Cool. But if you like broke them up and crushed them, it's essentially sherbet, but it's pretty tangy. Okay. And basically, what this place had done, they they've got all these like different sweets and they basically crushed them up, and then mixed them with alcohol. So I had a refreshers drink. And I think I think it was vodka lemonade with crushed up like sherbet, hmm. the sherbet or not crushed up sherbet, sherbet um, in it. But they like the whole like rim of the glass was like coated in the crushed up refreshers, That's and awesome. then there's all bits inside of the drink as well. Oh my god, it was so sweet! I felt like my teeth were falling out of my head. <laughs> you know what? It, it's funny because like the reason like most people are probably thinking like why are these guys talking about alcohol and stuff like that, but like it's actually the best way to like bond and connect with people uh, when you're. Oh traveling. my god. It is so true. Like, so this, I don't know what, I cannot remember if we had like a purpose to this episode before we got started, (laughs) but this is just so random for your podcast. But you are so right. Um, With uh, like drinking games or, you know, Mm -hmm. or just being in a bar or something. Yeah. Whether you drink or not, you know, being in the bar is definitely a great place to meet people. So I spent six months living in Fiji um ended up working as a scuba i got into scuba diving when i was in australia and uh, became an instructor whilst i was there and they offered me a job working in fiji for six months i was like hell yes like, i'd already planned on going to fiji for like two weeks but the chance to be there for six months and get paid to be there yes please because even working as a scuba diving instructor it's it's not really work so i went there for six months and the resort I was working in was definitely the place for backpackers um, to go. So we had people were like coming and going. Most people would stay there for like two days. Um, but the bar there never closed down until the last person went to bed. And it was a little family-run resort as well. So Damn. you know, all the people that were running the resort during the day were also the people that were like the entertainment in the evening. So because they all had to be up at like four or five o'clock in the morning to you know get the resort ready for that day you know all the entertainment would stop at like 8 30 9 o'clock at a push because they all needed to go to bed to be up early the next day but yeah the bar would be the last place that would stay open and it would not close down until the last person went to bed the amount of times i had that bar open with guests till like four five six in the morning i had to open up the dive shop for seven the next day the amount of times i would not go to sleep at all and just literally go back to my room, quick, very, very quick shower, work uniform on, and then straight to the dive shop. My, from my beret, my little hut that I uh, stayed in, to the dive shop was literally a 45-second walk. Um, so, lit- so I'd go in, open up the shop, no diving really started until about 8 o'clock because this is all backpackers. No backpacker yeah. gets up early. Um, so literally I had to open the shop up at 7 o'clock in the morning. Then also breakfast would start at seven. So me and one of the assistant managers who would also play drinking games with us every night, we would then go in, have breakfast at seven o'clock in the morning. We'd always be the first two people there. And we'd literally just sit there just talking about the night before. But the amount of people that I I met from playing drinking games or just like sitting around chatting, you know, at the bar true. Um, is absolutely amazing. I even wrote a book of drinking games. Whilst I was there, I don't know if we talked about this um, on your last on the last uh, episode that I was on, um, but yeah, I ended up writing a book of drinking games because one day after, like I said, opening the dive shop at seven o'clock in the morning, dive shop would close at five five thirty, um, unless we had like a dive going on at the time, then it would close whenever the last group was back. Um, dinner would be at seven, and same would finish at nine. Drinking all night no sleep whatsoever then up all day um no diving for me till the afternoon because you're not supposed to dive um when you're eight hours yeah eight hours between like drinks um so i wouldn't really dive until sort of like mid-afternoon on those days and uh that day we had a shark feeding dive so we'd go down and hand feed sharks no cages nothing like that and these are like big like three meter bull sharks as well so pretty um interesting sharks um never had an incident it was it was fantastic one of the best experiences i've had traveling with shark feeding um but yeah literally up again until about like nine ten o'clock 
And this one night, there's this group of guys that showed up. Um, I think they were all from England. And uh, about 9, 9.30, they asked me, oh, come play drinking games with us. And I was like, oh, I can't. I've been awake for like 40 hours. I need to go sleep. I said, oh, give us a game to play. And I could not think of a single one. So the next day, I just started like writing them down in a little notebook. And long story short, or shorter, um, the book grew to 39 games because I'd literally like when people wanted to play drinking games, I'd just throw it on the table. And people were like, oh, have you got such and such in there? Like, no, I haven't. Here's a pen. Write it down. And I literally get them to write it in themselves. I've got them to put their name in their country. I ended up sellotaping a uh, plain piece of paper um, around the front and back. So it had, had looked like it had a proper cover. And I got people to sign the front of the book when um, people played games. And in the space of three weeks, 39 games um, from 10 different countries. And I had 68 signatures on the front of the book. That's sick. That's crazy. Do you still have that? I do. I've Good. got a picture on my phone I can send to you if you want. Good. Keep it, man. That's that's awesome. See? So it's like, is these things that that just really... I'm telling you, like, for whatever country it is, wherever you go into, there's always their local ways of drinking. There's always interesting games. There's always things to do. And and you really feel, like, the true experience, too, when you actually go to, like, these countries and you go and and just really explore. Like I said, like, the whole Caesars thing, like, you know now. Mm-hmm. And you can talk about it now. It'd be yeah. interesting to talk about. Like, it's just, it's hilarious. And, like, I'm sure you have, like, boatloads of more to, like, talk about that. Dude, I love that. Um Let's let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about what's next for you, man. Like what's uh, what's like what's been you know terms of goal settings or anything like that. Where where do you want to take this from here? What's um, you know what's uh, what's the future looks like for you? Yeah. So personally, um, the goal is to get traveling again. Um, I really want to uh, do the like we were talking before about the whole location independence versus digital nomad. I really want to. You know, go hardcore into the digital nomad side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so really next year is when I'm really going to go hardcore into that. Um, definitely going to go to Thailand first, um, especially seeing as business-wise I want to dive into more the digital nomad thing. I think that I really need to go to the number one digital nomad hotspot yes. just to at least give my first-hand experience of being there to people. Uh, um, so that's definitely on like the top of my list. Um personally is to really get into that um and then the other two things i'll kind of want to dive into personally as well is i really want to get my motorcycle license um so i'll I'll probably do that whilst i'm here in england at the moment uh and then also i want to get my skydiving certificate what would you get Uh, for motorcycle by the way i have my my motorcycle license so um well the what what bike i'd get yeah yeah um i'd 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 probably go with sort of like a chopper style bike or cruiser bike um like i'd really I'd, yeah for me it's more sort of like the the position that you'd sit in on the bike yeah, yeah. um it just looks a little bit more comfortable it for is. like slightly longer periods of time yeah um so yeah so that'd be the style of bike i'd go as for like specific bike i have no idea um but then also like i said um, i really want to get my skydiving a license just because i i absolutely love doing the whole skydiving thing um, and actually, when I was in Fiji, I met a couple who had just done their license and they were showing me all the videos of them, you know, doing their final dive where they do like spins and backflips and show that they could control Sick. themselves. Yeah, I, I really wanted to get that done as well. Because um, the long term guard really love to do the whole wingsuit yeah. thing. Because yeah. in New Zealand, there's a place where you can jump from 18,000 feet, I've been told. Um, and normally you'd have like a 60 second free fall just like regular skydiving. But if you did a wingsuit dive, that um, freefall time increases from what, 60 seconds or one minute to seven minutes. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, it sounds absolutely cool. Um, so yeah, that's the other thing I want to get into personally. And then business-wise, doing the whole rebrand towards the digital nomad thing. Um, and like I said before, like, I've been helping people with the whole membership stuff, like yeah. building a membership. Um, what I would like to do is to um, build out a course or even my own membership, teaching people how to do it. But then more importantly, not only just the whole, like, this is the structure of it. This is how you should do the payment. This is how you'd attract people. This is how you'd launch it. Mm-hmm. But then also the day-to-day running of it. Yeah. You know, these are the, these are like the numbers that you should be focusing on. 
Um, and these are the types of things that you can offer in your membership. And then this is how you deliver it month after month. Uh, Cause I feel like that's the part that's really missing from a lot of like courses online. Um, and that's something that I like help a lot of people, um, do, especially with a membership, the whole community part of it is so important. Um, and that's what I've been, you know, doing for a lot of my clients for the past few years. Um, so yeah, that's the kind of route that I want to go down, um, business wise i love that you know what like the thing is like um you know after knowing you for like what uh, i think a good two year two and a half years now i think very least yeah yeah <clears throat> so like i've known you for this period of time and you know you've always been a great people person you've always yeah and like i've known you when like you know when you were managing like different like membership groups and all these sorts <laughs> and i think that'd be a wonderful thing to kind of offer for everybody because like, uh, community is super key you and i both know that you know um you know being held accountable is super important being surrounded by like like-minded people is super important um and and that's it's, it's not it's not it's not really like yes those people are those pieces are important mm -hmm. but it's more um really delivering on the promises that you make to yeah. people and really blowing that out of the water because if, if you give people a good experience and you really nail the community aspect of whatever it is that you're offering that is how you create those lifetime fans yeah. or raving fans, whatever the whole, the whole phrase is, like the half thousand raving one, fans, one thousand true, true fans. fans yeah, true yeah. fans, yeah. That's fan how you can create those <laughs> thousand true fans is by really delivering on the community aspect of it. Because like you said earlier on, um, a lot of people in the online business space are lonely. Yeah, they are. These online communities is where people find those connections and make those lifelong friends. Like you said, you and I, we met online and we've been friends for two and a half years. We talk regularly. Um, and so we, the importance of really nailing that to create those fans is the most important part. And that's kind of the part that I want to like help people with. Was that a burger? Did you just get a burger? <laughs> I did indeed. <laughs> Dude, we're talking about the fitness and stuff. Hey, I'm going. I'm I'm going to a fitness okay. class tomorrow morning. To okay, okay. Work. Hey, so, this is this is awful for asking me to do a podcast late at night. It's funny. No, okay, for those people who, who just now what like, there's not going to be a video or anything like that. But like, you know, someone just handed Luke a, a bag, a brown bag, and and usually brown bags come with a burger. So that's what I thought. That's funny. Uh, funny. Yeah, very perceptive, my friend. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I, I love that. I love I love what you said because like you're right. Like you know, like um, you know, having having like the right pieces in place is super important because like I said, like we talk regularly. Um, we talk a lot about like you know our goals and what are we doing and stuff like that, and like just kind of kind of allowing. Um, things to kind of come from to fruition, right? Like the, I always talk mm. a lot about the FBA business, a lot about like the R eight, you know, not. The RE is just a symbol as of like, you know, I, I love it because of just the whole engineering aspect of it. I'm not going to kind of be a douchebag about it or anything like that. No, that. no, no. But, but, but it's that thing of you that kind of like encourage is encouraging you and pushing you towards doing the whole business thing. Like I said earlier on, for some people, you know, once you go traveling, having that entire experience could be that motivator to really push you towards that next thing yeah. in your life. Yeah. You know, whether, you know, being that the online business that allow you to continue continue doing that or whatever, whereas for you right now it's the R8. Yeah, only because I just want to drive it, man. It's such a and traveling. Don't get me wrong, I love traveling still, and I still want to do that, and that's definitely de definitely on my books too as well. And um, yeah, man, I just definitely want to go back to Thailand. A lot of these conversations really remind me of like you know where uh, and why we're doing all this, right? Because like you know where we're gonna go. Um, I love that. Well, February, man, February. You and I, we're gonna go. Dude, I'm telling you, like this FBA thing is like it's it's happening, man. Like I'm like super focused. I think I think one thing that people can take away from this episode is that is that even like staying focused and being being um being clear on like what do you really want as well too. I think that's really important as well because like you know when you do travel, you get that kind of spark and everything like that. You come mm -hmm. back and you want to keep traveling, right? That's 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 the that's the um, want and why they're doing that, whatever they're doing in life, right? They're saving for the next trip uh, to go to Thailand or whatever it is. They're building the mm -hmm. online business so they can have that freedom, right? There, there, there's always um, an underlining 
uh, layer of why they want to go do what, like for you, you just, you just want to keep traveling, man. You want to go mm-hmm. build a community, right? You want to go and have more, you know, drinking games experiences and all that sorts, right? So like, there's <laughs> always definitely an underlying why for all of us, right? So like, I definitely feel like this is like the uh, theme of this episode. Um, I love that, man. Um, I think, uh, I think during our episode, did I ever ask you those like last final questions? What, what I believe you did, but I do that. not remember what they were. Okay, I'm going to ask you again. Whatever. Go for it. Anyways, I just want to be respectful of your time anyways, but, um, and because like we are coming up to like almost one hour, it's crazy. Almost one hour already passed. Um, Dude, uh, before we get into that, though, where, where can like people find you, socials or anything like that? Where can um, well, with, with the whole um, branding change right now, I think the best place would just be um, a Facebook group that I have. Um, I'm definitely like spending more and more time in there. So if you didn't want to come talk to me or whatever, you know, the Facebook group is geared more towards the whole digital nomad thing. But if, even if you're not interested in being a digital nomad or location independent, um the group is going to talk about travel, but also a lot of business stuff too. So um, if you wanted to check that out, just go to dudebrood.com. That redirects you to the Facebook group. Sweet. I'll add that in the show notes as well too. Um, dude, um, so, you know, the show is called the Path Hunters Podcast. When you hear the term Path Hunters, what comes to mind? Um, it's, you asked me this last time and I can't I, remember what I, I said it. last time, but this could be the same answer. But for me, um, the whole path hunters thing is you know trailblazing your own trail you know don't sit there following other people's stories because we all see like people online or um like celebrities and i was like oh i wish i could do that what did they do and follow their path yeah. no it's about following your own path your own journey to reach the place that you want to get you know we have been talking not only just about alcohol in this um, and travel stories but you know we talk about that the places that we want to go in our lives and in our like businesses and stuff like that um it's really just like creating that journey for yourself and just following it and see where it goes i love that man i love that um dundas square or some busy street you know lots of people walking by you have this cardboard sign that you're able to write one message or advice to impact all these people's lives in a positive way. What kind of message or advice would it be and why? Uh, well, based off of this episode, it would be go drink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, Connect with people and go drink. Yeah. No, honestly, if like, it would definitely be to travel. Definitely go experience life and not to think about um, the what ifs and to really get out of your own head. I think that's probably the best thing about traveling is just getting out of your own head. And um, it really does help you define who you really are. Um, And for me, traveling has not only sort of like changed my life internally, I'm definitely more of an extroverted person now. I can easily talk people's ears off, which I'm sure if people are still listening to this episode, I've done pretty successfully. Uh, but then also, you know, it, it really does help you figure out what's the most important things in your life. Like you said, you know, a lot of people, when, or at least for you anyway, when you came back, you said like, a lot of people here don't realize how good they've got it compared to other people in the world. It really does help you solidify those things that are truly important in your life. And whether that's, you know, realizing, you know, you're not as materialistic as you were beforehand. And, you know, for me, like I said, it, it's more like the stories and the adventures that's the most important thing for me now, yeah. not having the R8 or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it puts a lot of things in your life into perspective. And definitely the alcohol definitely helps you meet those new people. Whether, like I said, whether or not you're drinking or not, but being in those places, you know, like a bar or, or something like that definitely help you um, to meet new people and, you know, figure out your next move. No, I love that. Oh man, Luke, my man, thank you for jumping onto the podcast, man. Like I love you lots, man. Like it's honestly been amazing. And uh, honestly, I'm excited to see where things go for you. I'm excited to, you know, like I said, like where, where, where things like, you know, just unfolds because like, I I know, I know you and you're going to be fine. It's nothing going to be like, if anything, it's just going to be like a huge growth experience. I can't wait to like Mm -hmm. bring you back on and kind of chat about again. What's, what's been, updated what's uh you know about your hair definitely, and stuff definitely. You know, and ho- hopefully we actually have something of a little bit more value 
to deliver people <laughs> rather than just bragging about travel stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, man, we'll catch you on the flip side. Have yourself a great one. Take care, man. Peace out, man. guys that was my friend luke jumping onto the podcast here today hope you guys enjoyed that episode luke my man thank you so much for just jumping on and chatting with me here today uh had a great time love it and i'm excited to bring you on again just to see about what's going on how things unfold for you and for all you path hunters you guys have any questions or anything whatsoever send me an email paul at pathhunters.com you guys are all amazing people lots of people and take care I hope you guys enjoyed that. Remember to subscribe, share, and review. Thank you for taking the time for listening to this podcast. You can always find me at pathhunters.com. Stay awesome and know that you can become a path hunter today.